Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Today I've got a phenomenal guest. I mean, you're not going to find anybody that's much more experienced in terms of leadership and applying leadership principles to all aspects of our lives. Let me tell you all about her. If you're like most high-performing leaders, you're tired of being pulled in multiple directions with zero time left for yourself. As a certified Proctor Gallagher coach and 27-year military leader, Laura Noel helps high-performance live empowered, fulfilling lives, all while achieving their highest potential. She helps leaders focus on what really matters so they stop feeling out of control. They become more effective with their time, and they spend more time discovering doing what they love. Laura. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am too. You know, we had a great little conversation uh, in the green room before we kicked (laughs) off the record button. And man, I think this is going to be a good one. So uh, I'm excited to hear uh, uh, about, I mean, everything that you bring to the table. 27 years in the military, first and foremost, thank you for your service. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I wasn't able to serve. I had dreams of coming out of high school and going right into the military. And they were dashed due to a fairly significant birth defect. They were like, eh, we'll pass on you, bro. But uh, <laughs> it's all Aww. good. It, it, you know, we are where we are today. And, and all aspects of life tend to carve that path for us. So it led me to you. And I'm thankful for that. So tell us more about you. Oh, my gosh. Well, as you mentioned, yeah, I spent most of my adult life um, serving in the Air Force and rose through the ranks. And throughout that time, um, now, I mean, now I'm living in the New England area, which I did spend a lot of my military time in Massachusetts. I'm living in New Hampshire now, but I've been stationed all over the world. And throughout my journey, I was always collecting degrees and certifications and wondering, hey, when am I going to land on my purpose? Maybe, oh, this sounds interesting. Maybe I'll get this degree and that'll spark something. And over the course of the years, nothing ever seemed to really take a hold. And really, there wasn't anything that I found that I was truly passionate about until toward the end of my career. So when you serve in the military and you're, you know, you have a career of it, you know, at the, you know, in so many years, that career is going to end. So you always have that, well, I can't stay here forever. I got to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And the closer you get to that 30 year mark, if that's how long you're going to serve, the, you know, the more stressful it can get. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do when I get out? (laughs) But, you know, closer to probably 27 years is when I really landed on my purpose and met my mentor and became an entrepreneur. And actually I was planning on staying in for another three years, but once I got locked in and honed in on that purpose, I submitted my retirement and got it approved in three months. So my life completely did a 180 and it was Thankfully, it was because I had that support and mentorship and a little bit more clarity, and I just was ready to launch. Wow. that's uh, So is 30 years a military career? Because I, I, being an outsider looking in, I thought 20 was the, was, the, was the number you were shooting for. 
Yeah, so 20 is, but it depends on your rank. So ah. I was um, an enlisted leader. So I was a chief master sergeant. That's uh, the highest enlisted rank you can be. And, and so depending on your rank, you could um, extend out a little bit longer. So it takes a little bit longer to reach that rank. So it might even take 20 years for you to get there. So then you're extended longer if you want to oh, stay that's in. Cool. Learn something yeah. new every day. So tell me more about this passion that you stumbled across. You, you found it, and obviously it's taken a foothold. I mean, you, yeah. you left a 27-year career in the military to pursue this. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so one of my degrees and certifications prior to that 27-year mark was yoga. It was a yoga certification. And for years, I wanted to do this, and it was kind of nagging at me, and I had tuition assistance with the military, and I could never find a way to get it to work to where my tuition assistance would cover it. And then finally, I'm like, Laura, what are you doing? You're waiting for somebody else to carve out and pay the way for you to do this? If you really want it, duh, go do it. So I got certified, and I just came up with the funds, and I did it. But one of the things that really resonated with me was the yoga philosophy, the mindset piece of yoga, even though I was learning how to teach the physical practice of it, I also coupled that with a class in yoga philosophy. And um, when I got certified, I just started teaching for free at my work center, whoever, my colleagues, my staff, whoever wanted to take a yoga class once a week, I would, I would teach. And I noticed that people were shifting in their clarity and their well-being, how they felt in their body, their levels of stress. And I thought, my gosh, if I could bottle this up in a curriculum for people who might not gravitate toward yoga, I would love to do that. And so I didn't realize at the time, but I was kind of making a decision. I want to bottle this up somehow in a curriculum. So I went to a personal development seminar where my mentor was speaking. Um, his name is Bob Proctor, and he's kind of big in personal development and human potential and success. And when he started describing the conscious and subconscious mind and how we attract the things that were in harmony with us and how we, our mind is wired. I'm like, that's the curriculum. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for a way to bridge that gap. Uh, between yoga and like really corporate -y stuff. I wanted to get deep at, into the heart of what really creates results for people. And it's not habits necessarily. The underlying cause of our habits is our thinking. And so that's really when things shifted for me. I met Bob Proctor. I started working with him and I got certified to um, coach. And that's how I started in 2017. Wow. But once I started down that path, I knew that this was for me. This was the path that I was supposed to travel. And, and I felt completely comfortable leaving my job of 27 years and, and just going for it. You know, it, it's interesting that you outlined that habits weren't really the, the, the driving force behind it, but it was the mindset. And yeah. I think so many times, especially as entrepreneurs or even just living our lives, uh, having the proper mindset can be a challenge. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for from the yoga philosophy is trying to establish that correct mindset to give us that clarity of focus and allow us to move forward? Or how does that come into play? How does yoga help you with mindset? Well, I didn't realize that at the time when I was studying the yoga philosophy, I, I just knew that there was something more to me 
than what I was portraying. And I felt like there was something more to life than what I was living. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoyed my career. I I'm so grateful for it. And I loved what I was doing, but I felt like something was missing. So I was searching and that's why I was collecting all these degrees and certifications. I was searching for something to connect with my purpose. So it was the yoga piece of it that helped me realize how awesome all of us are. And that's not just a cliche statement. That's we're, we're energy in a body or spirit in a body, whether you believe in science or theology, it's both, it's the same. Theologians would say we have spirit that flows to and through us. Um, A scientist would say there's an energy that flows to and through us, but the bottom line is we're only using a small, uh, a small percentage of our capacity, our mental capacity, our just, what we're capable of doing. And so I really wanted to get to the heart of that and tap into that because I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders in the military and in business to include myself, we can find ourselves stuck in the rat race because we're, you know, always achieving in that hamster wheel, like achieving one thing after the other, comparing ourselves, looking to see, well, how do we stack up with the competition And so we're always looking outside of ourselves for the answer. And what yoga philosophy really did for me is it helped me search within because we have the answers inside of us. And when we're looking outside of us for fulfillment, for the answers, it keeps us in that rat race. And so when I really learned to dive in and connect with my intuition, my imagination, my memory, my perception, my will, those God-given gifts, those mental faculties, everything shifted for me and everything became more effortless. Yes, I was aware of things that were happening and um, different coaches doing, using different methodologies to attract and connect with people, but it was really myself. It was tapping into that inner knowing that was my guidance system and not what other people were doing. So that's what, it helped me slow down really. And it helps a lot of leaders I work with slow down and connect with themselves. You know, when something resonates with you and feels right. Sure. You can feel it in your gut. And that's what I'm really helping people tap into. Well, and and, you know, you you said a lot there, actually, there's a ton there to unpack. One of the things that really stands out to me and it stood out to me as one of your talking points too, was overcoming imposter syndrome. Mm. Or as a good friend of mine calls it, comparanoia. Uh, oh, I love that. You're sitting there comparing ourselves to everyone around us and the perceived success of everyone around us. And then coming back to ourselves and going, man, I just, I just don't stack up. I just don't live up to that. And I mean, me, me personally, I, I speak to that because no matter what I quote unquote accomplish, I always look and go, eh, somebody else did it better. Somebody else, mm-hmm. I didn't do very good. Somebody else did it. Look at so-and-so over there. They're crushing it. And I'm over yeah. here just, you know, barely getting by. Uh, whether that's the case or not, there's still that perception. And I know that perception permeates the thought process of the vast majority of people overcoming that comparanoia or overcoming that imposter syndrome is extremely difficult. What is it about the yoga philosophy that helped you realize that and get beyond it? It helped me realize that I was on my own path and it helped me focus on what was most important. So if you have a goal, something you want to be, do, or have, and if you're focused on, I want this, you you get into the feeling of what would it be like if I reached that, that end state, that ideal state, 
How would that feel? What would I be wearing? Who would I be surrounding myself with? What would it feel like being me? When you're more attuned to that, you don't have time to compare yourself to other people. And I love that Einstein, he said, everything is energy. That's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. This is not philosophy. This is physics. So if you think about this, the chair that I'm sitting in is made up of molecules vibrating at a high frequency, even though we can't see it. It's energy. Our body, same thing. Thoughts are energy as well. And if you think about if you're talking to somebody and somebody comes in the room and they're in a horrible mood, they don't have to say a word. You can feel their energy, right? I'm not going <laughs> to mention my wife here at all. Not- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can feel that energy and you can feel the energy by the same token, if somebody is really gregarious and you want to be around them, you might not be able to know, put your finger on why that is, but you feel that energy, but like thoughts attract like thoughts, your thoughts are energy. That's how we become our thoughts. So when we are constantly in comparison mode, um, looking at other people, we're actually, what we're doing is we're thinking thoughts in lack. Say that again. Like we're not enough. So when we're looking at somebody else and we're comparing ourselves to them, oh, I I didn't measure up, they did a better job. We're actually thinking thoughts that are in alignment with lack. As in lacking, as in we're lacking something or coming up short? As we're lacking, yeah, as in, yeah, as if we're lacking something. So if I'm comparing myself to somebody else, if I'm looking at another coach or, wow, they did a really good job with this presentation and look how many people are there and look how many people are at my thing. You know, it's, you know. I hate Clubhouse. I hate Clubhouse. Why does that room have 200 people in it? Mine has two. I don't don't understand what's going on here. Three, what's going on? But But we're looking at what we think we don't have. We're looking at what we think we're lacking and we're comparing ourselves as a, so that's a different energy. And if we're looking at what we think we lack, or we're looking at a problem that we think we have, and we're dwelling on that, I don't have enough. There are only two people in my clubhouse. Where are the people going to come from? Those are the wrong questions that we should be asking ourselves. We shouldn't be asking ourselves questions based in lack, because we're going to get answers, more answers based in lack. And we're going to see more situations where we think we lack. Well, oh, we're going to collect evidence to support our beliefs that we're lacking something. And it's actually how your brain works. It's how the filtration system of your brain works. It's how we're wired. So instead, what the yoga philosophy has really taught me was Yes, I'm aware of uh, best practices out there. It's not that I have blinders on, but I'm just, if I catch myself going down that road of comparison, I will say out loud, like if somebody could hear me, they'd think I was crazy. I'm like, nope, stop it. Cut it off, sister. No, what do you want? And then I refocus my energy and my thoughts to what I want to create. How does it feel to be in that creation mode? How does it feel manifesting that goal? How could I get there today? What can I do to be of service today to move me in that direction? That's those are different questions and that's a different energy and that's a you're going to get a different answer when you when you tap in. And that's also what I take uh call inspired action. When you get an idea, when you're in that headspace, 
that comes to you and you're thinking about your goal and you're feeling into it, when you get an idea or an inspiration and you act on it, you're in harmony with that goal. Energetically, you're in harmony with it. So that idea that's coming to you isn't based on the comparison and the lack. It's based on what you want. So capitalize on that idea. Take that action step. That's what that's the yoga philosophy helps you align with that. And, and that's an amazing philosophy. And I think it would help a tremendous amount of people. What are some of the things yeah. that we can do to recognize the mindset that we're in and, and do like you're doing verbally call it out. Go, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, stop the train. I want to get off. So how, <laughs> how do we recognize that? And what are some of the, the action steps that we can take to change our philosophy in the, or our viewpoint in the moment? So the first thing you could do, what I would recommend is set an alarm on your if your watch or your phone for like three times in a day over like the course of three days. This is just so you can have a baseline of where is my mindset going most of the time. It's not to judge yourself or anything. It's just an awareness. So three times a day, stop yourself and just ask yourself, um, how am I feeling right now? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking right now? And what do I need right now? And so over the course of a few days, you'll have an idea of where your thinking is resonating most of the time. Am I worrying? Am I stuck in fear, worry, and doubt comparison a lot of the time? Or am I thinking forward thinking thoughts, the dream, the vision? How can I get there? What can I do today to move me there? Just so you have an awareness of where you are. So that's the first thing. The second thing is look at your current results. So for an example, take a situation where maybe you're not creating the results that you want and sit down, take about 10 minutes and, and write a paragraph or two about that situation. How are you feeling? You know, what are you doing? What are the thoughts that you're thinking and what are the results that are, are you creating as a result of that? And look at the verbs in that paragraph or two. Like if I wanted to write a book for the longest time and I would set my alarm for 5 a.m. So here's the story. I want to write this book. I wrote down the chapter ideas. I set my alarm. I set the time that I'm going to write at 6 a.m. to 7 every day. I set my alarm for 5 and then I hit snooze five times and I don't get up. Next thing you know, it's 5.45 and I think, well, why bother? I'm going to get ready for my day. And then I think, well, who's going to read my book anyway? What am I going to, what am I doing? Who am I to do this? So the, all the, the self-talk we might have. So in that example, I set my alarm and I hit snooze. So I hit snooze. That's a non-productive activity. I think, why bother? And I, or I skip it and I get on with my day. I have negative self-talk. Who would read my book anyway? So there's like four things there. So what's the opposite of that scenario? Well, the opposite is if I could wave a magic wand and I'm living and acting and I have these habits as the person I want to be. Oh, I'm so enthused about writing my book. I put it on my calendar 6 to 7 a.m. butt in seat every day. My alarm goes off, I wake up, I get up. I'm enthused to start my day. I grab my coffee and I get to writing. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve others. People are gonna get so much value from this. That's a different feeling, right? So you'd want to start affirming 
that new story to yourself, even though you're not living that way right now, in your mind, you're building a new paradigm for this is who I am. At the same time, you do have to exercise some willpower and actually get up when the alarm goes off. And so for a couple of weeks, your willpower, you're going to have to really push hard to, you know, to get that willpower. Is it ever too late to, to do that? Because I mean, you know, you, you hear the old no. adage, can't teach an old dog new tricks. So, <laughs> you know, it's can, not. Can, we, can we take these active steps and, and, and if so, how do we yeah. find that inner, that, that inner strength to do that? Because like you said, you know, if you've got a habit yeah. of hitting that snooze button two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, breaking yes. that habit is going to be a little difficult. Going to the gym if you yeah. want to drop a few pounds. Getting that motivation to stay <laughs> consistent. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. Changing your eating habits. Difficult. All these things are difficult, man. Yeah. And how do we, yeah. if we're, I don't know, 30, 40 years old, how do we go, you know what? I, I got to change this. But no, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, you can't just change the habit. That's where people fail. Like they go on a diet. And then they lose some weight. They have the plan. They have the workout plan. They have it all. They lose some weight for a couple of weeks. And then slowly but surely, they, they slide back to their old habits. And the reason is, is because they changed the physical habits they were doing, but they weren't doing anything in their mind to change who they are. So you have to shift your belief about yourself and who you are. Affirmations are a really positive and powerful tool to do that, where I'm so happy and grateful. I am an early riser and I get to work on things that are important to me. You would repeat that over and over and over again, get emotionally involved in that while at the same time for a little while, you're kind of forcing yourself to do it. You have to do it in action and in your mind. So though by the time your willpower wears off and it will, because it has a shelf life, the new belief about yourself, you're reprogramming your subconscious mind, that new belief about yourself will take hold. But the bottom line is to even get started, you have to have a goal. You have to have something that lights you up, something that you want with all your heart. Because if you don't, if you're, if you're just changing a habit to change a habit, yeah, because people say you should get up at 5 a.m., you're not going to do it. You're not even going to get started. So before you get into any of that, you have to have a vision yeah, and a you goal. Know, it kind of falls back to Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but... Uh, his miracle morning starts off at 4.30 a.m. And a lot of friends of mine, I mean, they're kind of disciples of old Hal, and they get up at 4.30. Right. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to be just as productive getting up at 7.30 as I am at 4.30. <laughs> so <laughs> it's that mindset. Yeah. Maybe I would benefit for those three hours if I roll out at 4.30 and do my thing. But it, it's 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 getting that, that mindset and that mind shift in place to make it productive. And I know that's yeah. why it works for, for those, for the, those that are doing it. And I know that's why it worked for Hal Elrod right. is the fact that he had that mental shift and everyone that follows through with the miracle morning philosophy, they have that mindset shift that they're going to get up at the four 30. They're going yeah. to take this opportunity to celebrate their wins, to plan out their day, to take that first step of the day, that action and continue yeah. along the path that they're on. But it's definitely yeah. that mindset shift. And so many of us struggle with that because, I mean, we're constantly bombarded with things that are really counterintuitive to having that success mindset. Yeah. Oh, you brought up a great point, though, is, you know, your friends that are involved in that getting up at 430 in the morning, 
they have a group of people, they have accountability. So it's, it's, you've got to have a goal. So if we like, you got to have a goal, something you're excited about, a reason to change that behavior. You've got to do the thing. You know, you, we've all heard the phrase like, oh, I don't feel like going to the gym, but do the thing. And then you'll start feeling like doing the thing. So you have to do it in action, but you also have to change your programming and your subconscious mind that this is who you are and that belief. And then, you know, being surrounded by like-minded people, you know, we're the composite of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. So find people you want to connect with, whether it's a mastermind or friends or a coach, somebody that you can have that accountability with. Yeah, I think sometimes we have to be willing to invest in that. And I don't mean just invest from an emotional or mental perspective, but sometimes we got to let loose with the, with the the purse strings a little bit and invest in that mental, emotional and physical growth altogether. I noticed that you, you're a certified coach. You had mentioned uh, Bob Proctor and you're a certified coach there. How did you find it in yourself to invest that time and invest that money and invest emotionally into doing something like that and taking that action and moving forward? I knew that I was retiring. So my back was against the wall. I already pushed the button. It was happening. And I had a business that I wanted to get off the ground. And I wanted to um, at least get out that first year in the six figure realm. And in order to do that, I know that I, I knew that I couldn't do it with the same thinking that got me to the, the levels in my current career, because it was a, a completely different journey, a completely sure. different thing that I was creating. So I'd never hired a coach before. I, I had um, spent money and invested in personal development and doing experiential kind of events and things of that nature. So it was scary, but I'm very decisive. And one of the things that I learned and that I carry with me is I make decisions, not like the person I am today. I make decisions like the person I want to be in the future. So it was scary. And so when I um, invested to work with Bob Proctor, I, um, because I did hire him also in addition to my certification, I remember investing and it was the most amount of money I'd ever invested in myself ever in my entire life. And within a few months with my certification, with working with him and going to another event, that was almost my annual, (laughs) my annual salary in a few months. And I remember every time I did it, I would call people. So I'm one of those people that will make the decision, plop the credit card down and then go, oh my God, what have I done? And then I'll call somebody. This guy right here. <laughs> oh, uh, by the yeah. way, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. a thing. <laughs> but I'm so glad that I did that. Um, and the people that I talk to don't ask for advice for people who don't invest in themselves. Don't go to somebody who doesn't do this kind of thing or doesn't think at a high level because they're going to go, oh, my God, that's risky. Why did you do that? And then it's, yeah, that negativity or that fear is going to infiltrate your your psyche. So I called people who I knew invested in themselves. I knew that they were running successful businesses and they were like, it's going to be great. You did the right thing. And they're like, whew, phew. But um, that's, that's what I did. I invested in myself early in my journey and at points throughout it as I was reaching different levels of growth in my business. It was, it's a game changer. A, a coach or a mentor can compress time for you. And that's, think about how much money you are not making 
by not pursuing that dream or that goal or leveling to leveling up to the next level because you're trying to do it yourself. I love that. And you know, that's something that I say all the time is that we're constantly in a a state of learning. Uh, We we have to continue to evolve. We have to continue to grow. I mean, I have podcasting coaches. Uh, I have writing coaches Mm -hmm. for writing books. And I mean, everything that I do, I have a coach and it's because they have the experience there and they can help point us in that right direction. But you have to be willing to invest not just the time and the energy, but you got to be willing to invest in, in your future and in yourself. And, and, and I love that. So tell us more about what you do. I mean, what is, what is your business and, and how can we learn more about you? Okay. I have um, two elements to my business. One is through the one-on-one and group coaching. So usually uh, somebody will find me from a podcast or from, you know, an appearance or a speaking engagement and um, they'll book a call with me and we'll do an intake. So we'll, I'll figure out kind of what they're looking to achieve, what they've done in the past, um, what they feel is holding them back, and then help them build an image of what they really truly desire. And from there, I take them through a process. Usually it's six months time. It can be a little bit shorter, three months, but we'll work together to help them reprogram their subconscious mind. Maybe they have the tools at their disposable to do the things that they want to do in their business, but they're just not using them or there's some mental roadblocks that are stopping them. And that's what we work on is we remove those mental roadblocks over a period of time and help them achieve their goal. And I, by the same token, I can take that same process into an organization. So I'll work with teams, I'll do um, trainings and speaking engagements. I'll work with a team and, and go through that same goal achieving process. But then I can also help teams implement their processes uh, because I work with a team um, in organizational development so we can take it another step further. So yeah, there's two elements to that. And um, it's an awesome, uh, I think, combination. And I'm not doing it alone either, which is nice because we have different minds coming together to help those organizations and teams really move yeah, forward. No, that's, that's spectacular. Where can people find out more about you? If you just go to my website at stretchintosuccess.com. So your listeners can connect with me. There's some freebies there to download. I do um, do webinars sometimes so they can get on the wait list for that, or they can just connect with me on a, a brief call. And that's where they'll very, find me. Very cool. I appreciate you setting that up for us. That's awesome. You are welcome. Well, Lord, thank you so very much. This has been, a, it's been a fun episode for sure. And I love the different perspective that you bring to the table with the mindset shift and implementing the yoga philosophy and overcoming some of our, our imposter syndromes and comparanoias. So many people struggle yeah. with that and it's very, very difficult to overcome. So I appreciate the work that you're doing and uh, look forward to staying in contact. No, with you. Thank you. Thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I love this conversation. It's our pleasure, most definitely. So, hey, everybody, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure that you subscribe to the show. Go to your favorite podcast provider. Just hit that follow or hit that subscribe button and let me bring tremendous content to you each and every week. Laura brought it today, and we really, really appreciate that. So thank you once again for listening, and we'll see you next week. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.